It's Monday, December the 28th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Trump's spending concession and Ant Group's penitence. First, the world in brief. President Donald Trump signed a $2.3 trillion spending package agreed by Congress, thus averting a potential government shutdown. Mr. Trump had initially refused to sign the bill, which includes financial relief for Americans hit by the pandemic, labelling it a disgrace. Millions went without their unemployment benefits over the weekend as a result. Despite backing down, he urged lawmakers to increase one-off stimulus checks from $600 to $2,000 and to begin an investigation into voter fraud. Chinese regulators demanded that Ant Group refocus on payment technology and curb its ambitions in areas such as personal lending. The fintech firm, owned by Jack Ma, said it would establish a rectification working party to ensure it complies with regulatory edicts. The company was preparing for an initial public offering last month that could have raised $37 billion, a world record, before regulators stepped in. The EU began a mass vaccination campaign, with doses of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine available in all 27 member states. Ursula von der Leyen, the President of the European Commission, described the coordinated rollout as a touching moment of unity. The continent has recorded more than 14 million cases of COVID-19, and more than 335,000 deaths. The Central African Republic held its first presidential and legislative elections since the current government signed a peace deal with rebel forces in February 2019. The run-up was marred by accusations of vote-rigging and violence, including the killing of three UN peacekeepers. Meanwhile, voters in Niger also went to the polls. The election could lead to the country's first peaceful transfer of presidential power. Having reached a trade deal with the EU, the British government sought to sell it to the people. Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, boasted of having secured free trade without being drawn into regulatory or legislative orbit. The finance minister spoke of making the City of London the world's most attractive place to list new companies, despite the Prime Minister earlier admitting the deal doesn't do much for financial services firms. And China will surpass America as the world's largest economy in 2028, five years sooner than previously estimated, according to a new report by the Centre for Economics and Business Research, a think tank. The accelerated timeline is because of the two countries' contrasting responses to the economic damage wrought by COVID-19. And now, here's today's agenda. After the crisis, opportunity. The world in 2021. This week, Espresso looks ahead to the coming year. Today, Our World in 2021 Leading Articles A -a once-in-a-century pandemic has created the opportunity for an economic and social reset. 
The big question for 2021 is whether politicians are bold enough to grasp it. COVID-19 has not just pummeled the global economy. It has changed the trajectory of the three big forces shaping the modern world. Globalisation has been truncated. The digital revolution has radically accelerated. And the geopolitical rivalry between America and China has intensified. At the same time, the pandemic has worsened one of today's great scourges, inequality. And it has focused more minds on the coming century's inevitable and even higher impact disaster, climate change. All this means that there is no going back to the pre-COVID world. America, once again, will have a disproportionate ability to shape the post-pandemic world. The question is whether President Biden will take it. There is a risk of inaction, timidity and stasis. For America and the world, that would be a terrible shame. Time to re-engage. American diplomacy. Who will run the world in 2021? Russia will be a spoiler, not a leader. In Europe, Boris Johnson will have his hands full with Brexit, Germany's Angela Merkel will step down, and France's Emmanuel Macron has limited means to pursue his grand ideas. China is the rising superpower, but not yet able to take on the burdens of world leadership. The question is whether America will be prepared to step back into the role. For some years now, it has demurred. Barack Obama focused on nation-building at home, while Donald Trump withdrew from numerous international arrangements. And as the need for American diplomacy is rising, the capacity of the country's foreign service is dwindling. The State Department is demoralised and suffering from a hollowing out of talents. That will be hard to remedy soon. For the sake of its future and the good of the world, America needs to start reinvesting in diplomacy in 2021. How deep is the damage? The world economy. Never in recent memory has global growth been so clouded by uncertainty. COVID-19's full impact has been obscured by massive government intervention to bail out companies and support workers. Only when that support is withdrawn will the veil be lifted. In America, watch permanent joblessness rather than the plummeting headline unemployment rate to see whether the jobs market has truly turned a corner. Keep an eye not on inflation data, which at present are distorted by temporary changes in the economy, nor on bond yields, which are pegged down by central banks. Instead, Look at inflation expectations. Watching finance ministries will be more important than studying central banks. Rich world interest rates will not rise soon. Further experiments with negative rates are more likely. Meanwhile, governments must judge whether the economic recovery needs more fiscal help. Finally, 
consider the issue that defined the outlook before the pandemic, the trade war. Watch out for China's trade surplus. Populism in the pandemic. Global politics. Populists in power have handled the coronavirus ineptly. President Donald Trump played it down, promoted quack cures and disparaged masks. Narendra Modi, India's Prime Minister, was so eager to seem decisive, he failed to consider the consequences of imposing one of the world's tightest lockdowns on a country with so many poor people. Millions of rural migrants in cities lost their jobs and thronged back to the countryside, spreading the virus. Brazil's president, Jair Bolsonaro, dismissed COVID-19 as the sniffles while touting bogus cures. And President John Magafuli thanked divine intervention for making Tanzania COVID-free, even as bodies were being secretly stacked in cemeteries. The populist tendency to dismiss expertise is harmful at the best of times. During a pandemic, it is disastrous. Defeating the virus will require virtues they disdain. Reason, openness and international cooperation. The task for Liberals in 2021 is to make this case more eloquently and drive the populists back. Upending capitalism. Global business. Recessions are capitalism's sorting mechanism. Weak businesses shrink or fail, while stronger ones expand. In 2021, the pandemic's toll will become clearer as stimulus tapers down and more firms fail. Healthy businesses will increase investment, giving them an enduring advantage. The big winners will be firms that benefit from technological disruption and have exposure to better performing economies, notably in Asia and America. Yet societal expectations of businesses will change post-pandemic. Firms will be expected to pay less attention to shareholders and more to workers. Global buybacks fell by almost half in mid-2020 and won't rebound fully even as profits recover. With globalisation stagnant, more multinationals will have to operate as federations of national businesses, unable to reap the efficiency gains of globally integrated organisations. And as the size of government expands everywhere, regulation and taxes will inevitably increase. This recession will not just have shaken up the business world, but also the rules of capitalism. Finally, here's the quote of the day from John von Neumann, who was born on this day in 1903. In mathematics, you don't understand things. You just get used to them. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. 
and as a subscriber you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.